Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 40 is entitled The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew Chapter 5, The Sermon on the Mount, Part 2, The Kingdom of Heaven. In Podcast 35, we examine the Beatitudes. In this podcast, we shall continue with the Sermon on the Mount, with the focus on the kingdom of heaven. Matthew five nineteen through 20. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. In the above, Christ teaches us two things. One, there are different degrees of glory in the kingdom of heaven, else how can one be greatest and another least? Two, not everyone is allowed in the kingdom of heaven. That means we must consider two things. One, what are the degrees of glory, and how do we inherit the highest? And two, what keeps us from entering into heaven? And where do we go if we don't go to heaven? In this podcast, we shall focus on the kingdoms of heaven. In the previous podcast, entitled The Beatitudes, Christ gave us at least nine virtues we must have to enter the kingdom of heaven. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount is an extension of that discussion. Christ not only refines what he means in the Beatitudes, but he also expands the conditions to get into heaven. Let's deal first with the degrees of glory. We can turn to the words of Paul and the words of John. Speaking of the resurrection, Paul tells us. 1 Corinthians 15, 40-42 There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Paul describes three kingdoms of glory. One glory of the sun, which he calls celestial bodies. One glory of the moon, which he calls bodies terrestrial. One glory of the stars. The greatest would be the glory of the sun, which he calls celestial bodies. The least would be the glory of the stars. Paul also indicates that the kingdoms compared to the glory of the stars are infinite in number. For one star differeth from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. In another place, Paul refers to the greater glory, the celestial bodies, as the third heaven. 2 Corinthians 12, 2-4 I knew a man in Christ about fourteen years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. 
such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise, and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. It is clear that the kingdom of heaven referred to in the Beatitudes is the celestial bodies or celestial kingdom. Look, for example, at Beatitude 6. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Clearly, God dwells in the celestial glory. For whenever he was seen by the apostles after his resurrection, he was compared to the glory of the sun. In Revelation 1, John said, And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Christ taught, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Paul, speaking to King Agrippa, said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining around about me and them which journeyed with me. Compare that with the words of John the Revelator, who is speaking of the new Jerusalem. Revelation 22, 1-5 And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clearest crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruits every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. And where do they see God? Obviously in the third or highest heaven, which John refers to as the holy city, the new Jerusalem, and Paul calls the celestial bodies. As John said, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Also remember Beatitude 1. Blessed are the poor in spirit who come unto me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. John tells us, Revelation 21, 2-3, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Also consider Beatitude 3 and 7. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. John also explains what that means. Revelation 21, 1-2-7. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. John informs us that the earth will become a new earth upon which God and Christ shall dwell. It is the new earth that the meek shall inherit, for they shall be in the celestial kingdom with God, where they will also be the children of God. Obviously, to inherit the kingdom of God, we must practice the virtues taught by Christ. 
meek, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, patient, etc. Those are the ones who are the greatest in the kingdoms of heaven. They are distinguished by light or glory. Christ said to his disciples, Matthew five fourteen through 16 Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Paul compares those who inherit the celestial kingdom to the glory of the Son. Speaking of the glory of the celestial kingdom, or New Jerusalem, John tells us, Revelation 21, 11, and 23. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. John refers to two other kingdoms. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. It is apparent that the least in the kingdom of heaven will be those who shine like the glory of the stars. Christ, however, lives only in the celestial kingdom. To live with Christ, one must inherit the celestial kingdom, meaning one must meet the conditions for the celestial kingdom. One difference between those who inherit the celestial kingdom and those who inherit the other kingdoms is valiancy. In Matthew we read, Matthew 5.13 Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Salt was an extremely important commodity in the ancient world. Historians tell us that salt that lost its savor was spread on the road as we spread tar or gravel, hence trodden under foot of men. In the letter of John to the church at Laodicea, John condemns them for not being valiant. Revelation three fifteen through 16 I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Therefore, valiancy must be added to the nine virtues necessary to enter the celestial kingdom. In Matthew, Christ added, Matthew 5.20 For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Another of the nine virtues listed in the Beatitudes is peacemaker. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Of course, we may add meek and merciful as an extension of peacemaker, but Christ refines the definition of peacemaker even more. Matthew five twenty one through 24. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, 
and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. The bar for entering the celestial kingdom is set very high, as we can also see from the other commandments given in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew five twenty-seven through 28 Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And the bar continues to be raised. Matthew five thirty nine through 44 But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be called the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. It is easy to see the connection of the above to the following Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Christ, of course, is the model for all the virtues. We learn from the temptations of Christ in the wilderness that his temptations were as great to him as ours are to us. But he never gave in to temptation. He knew, however, that we would not be perfect. Yet he said, Matthew five forty-eight: Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Why would he tell us to do something that he knew that we could not do? The verse is even more poignant, coming after the Beatitudes, knowing that we do not live any of them perfectly. We must remember Christ's own words to Satan. We must live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Christ paid for our sins. Therefore, he has the power to forgive us for our sins. There were two key phrases in John's letters to the seven churches. One key phrase was, He that overcometh meaning that he that overcometh the natural man. The other key phrase was, he that endureth to the end. Though he expects us to strive for the ideal, he gave us the gift of repentance. It is through his mercy that we are saved. We need to put Matthew 5.48 in the context of the entire chapter of Matthew 5. This life is a probationary state, and perfection for us is impossible. Matthew 5.48 can only occur in the celestial kingdom after the resurrection and the final judgment. 
Because of the cleansing blood of Christ and his ability to make us perfect, everyone who inherits the celestial kingdom will be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. In fact, only those who inherit the celestial kingdom will be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. John tells us, 1 John 3, 2-3 Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.